Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don. They came super prepared, and they were quick to see that, even though I never told them. Uh, and I really appreciated that. Licensed Realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number one forty-three of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. We're boyhood friends, and we are socially distancing right now, live from the shores of South Lake Union. We are in the Les Schwab Studios, and hey, coming up on episode one forty-three. Are you a COVID couple? Are you a married couple? Because it seems like a lot of couples are making phone calls and deciding not to be couples anymore. Uh, anyway, we're going to hear from a marriage counselor who said, hey, here's the five problems that people are facing right now if you're a COVID couple. And here's maybe what you can do about that. Also, I wrote something about Carmen Best. Police Chief Carmen Best, of course, has resigned from the Seattle Police Department. A lot of people are talking about that around the nation, around the world. And some people believe, some people believe that what happened to her in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, that this might have been racist. We'll talk about something that I posted, something I shared, your reaction to that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. It was just announced here in Seattle, and I think we all saw this coming when we saw this happen in L.A. and in Chicago, that schools are going to be virtually online. And for someone like my son, uh, this becomes very difficult because last year, as a kid who was in fourth grade in Seattle Public Schools, he was on with his teacher twice a week, And for less than 40 minutes, still, we had a full workload that a fourth grader, I mean, we had science, we had band. Yeah, that weird new math we that I don't all understand. The weird, yeah. So so anyway, I spent a lot of time online on YouTube teaching myself uh, how to teach a fourth grader. And this year, I'm going to have to do the same thing on how to teach a fifth grader. I think this is going to become very difficult for parents out there, though, that have to make the decision, how are they going to go back to work and at the same time, not only teach their child, but then provide child care for them. Think about this, too. So we have schools all around the country where kids are going to stay home. We have lots of people that aren't going to work right now. Uh, We have limited air flight around the world, right? And even as Americans, there's a lot of places in the world that we can't go. Uh, If you want to go to a Husky game, you're not going to be able to go to a Husky game. Huskies aren't playing. And when they say, hey, they're going to play in the spring, none of these teams are going to play in the spring. That's just not true. Here's what I don't get, though. Jerry Jones, the last 24 hours, uh, and of course, he is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He has come out and said that his players, when it comes to the national anthem, because there's a lot of talk about this, he said their stance is that they will toe the line. He literally wants them to come out and take their toe and put it on the line when the national anthem is played. He did say, though, that he'd be willing to have a discussion with the players about this. He also says because of the way that AT&T Stadium, where the Cowboys play, because of the way the breeze <laughs> rolls through AT&T, he doesn't think they're going to have a COVID issue if fans want to come and they want to watch the game. This is incredible to me. You have these older white billionaires, and let's face it, the players that are down on the field, and these guys refer to themselves as the owners, the owners, these older white billionaires, they want predominantly these, these mostly these black athletes, 
They want them to go out and play in the midst of a pandemic. Hey, if kids aren't going to school, if we're not flying around the world, if you can't go on vacation, if millions of people aren't working right now, if our commerce is upside down, if even college sports has said, we're not playing this year. How the hell is the NFL playing football this year? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big windup in the open and a lot to unpack. So let me do it in the uh, kind of the sequence you talked about. First, the Seattle Public Schools. Kudos to them for doing the right thing. You would be better off, in my opinion, if your child missed an entire school year and learned nothing for out of a textbook. If you just let your kid be curious, free range for a year, I'm not talking about sitting in front of a computer and playing video games all day or doing nothing. I'm just saying, if you put every textbook away and you just said, what are you curious about? If they're like dinosaurs, boom, we're, we're studying dinosaurs. I'm into model trains. We're going to build a model train. Hmm. I want to learn how to, to climb Mount Rainier. All right, we're going to be climbing. What? <laughs> Whatever your kid is curious about, That's awesome. then if you just took a year and did that, I love it. then you'd be better off than sending your kid back to school in the pandemic. I think you're right. And so I think kudos to Seattle Public Schools for making this decision. It's a hard one yeah. because you, you have a lot of faculty, a lot of support staff. The, the, the ripple effects when you talk about a school are wide. Bus drivers, food service workers, you have uh, mental health people, physical health people, teachers, teachers' assistants, uh, school supplies, clothing. Like you, you go on and on and Lots on. Of coaches and you have coaches, team all this stuff. And you have, so that's a big yeah. decision. Good on them for doing that. Yeah. Uh, and again, I feel as you do uh, for folks that need to work to support their family and have a child. That is a an, an untenable situation. I don't have an answer for you. I don't think the answer is to send your kid back into a crowded school. So that's part one. Mm. Part two, uh, did you bring about Carmen Best? Was that part two or part two was the NFL? No, we'll get to Carmen Best later. So we're, NFL. We're, we're talking about the NFL and we were talking about the fact if you're calling if, if if you're canceling college sports, right? How are you not canceling things mark, like mark the N- my words NFL. right now? Yeah. Mark my words right now. The NFLC, there's no way in double, what do you say, H-E double hockey, hockey sticks? God's there's, green there, earth. There's no. no way in hell that we are getting a full football season this year. I would bet $1,000 right now. To any, maybe I shouldn't give an amount. I would bet a lot of money because I'm sure someone will take me up on it. I will bet yeah. a lot of, you know, I'll throw it out there. I'm going to bet $1,000 if someone wants to take me up on it. Oh, you are? Okay. Even Steven, maybe this is illegal. So maybe this is a wink and a nod, $1,000. Okay. There is no way they're playing a full 16-game schedule this year in the NFL. Hmm. Not happening. Hmm. It is not going to happen. Uh, I, I just, because like unlike baseball, where like the entire Florida Marlin team gets sidetracked with COVID, you can sort of keep, uh, kind of a season going if the because you only had 25 players right if the, and, if the, and then the entire, expanded roster you have 40 players so the entire you know uh football miami dolphin team gets covid how does the afc east finish the season you yeah can't. you think coaches you think practice team you think the 58 man roster and then you have a practice team at 10 on top of that uh, and then also you're going to have guys on the injury reserve typically, and then you're uh, you have lots and lots of coaches, big big staffs. So you're looking at probably at least 180 to 200 people in the building. And, and, and I'll tell you what, when you talk about Jerry Jones, and and I'm I'm going to be making a little bit of this up, but the thrust of it is true. He's a billionaire on paper only. 
He's not a liquid billionaire. He made all his money with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he, his he, money. He was in the gas and oil business, but he wasn't a very good gas and oil man. Right. So, yes, he's valued at billions. Mm-hmm. On paper, he's a billionaire. He doesn't have billions of dollars in the bank. You're right. He needs the TV money and the merchandise money and the gate revenue. And the stadium money. And the stadium money and the luxury boxes. He wants people in those fans because most folks don't understand how the deal is structured. Jerry Jones makes the money when the butts are in the seats. He has to share merchandise money. He has to share TV money. He has a salary cap that's it's, uh, negotiated between the players' union and the NFL that he has to abide by. When it comes to that stadium and the house that Jerry built... And the recessions and the parking and all that, yeah. He makes money when Beyonce plays Seat there. Seat licenses, everything. He yeah. makes money when Hollywood on Ice plays there. That's right. He makes money when... Dave Matthews has a concert there. He makes money when any event is happening in that complex. Yeah. Jerry makes the money. It's different for every stadium. It wouldn't surprise me, though, in that stadium, he probably gets a cut of every hot dog, of every beer, of every uh, Cracker Jack, of every single seat license. It looks like he's eaten every hot dog. Every, and had a sip of every beer. Single luxury <laughs> box. Every single parking space. Jerry gets a cut of that. He needs... To maintain his lifestyle for these home games to happen, mm. he doesn't have uh, you know all kinds of money. It's funny, like when when Mark Cuban got into Twitter wars uh, with Donald Trump about being a billionaire. Uh, Mark Cuban's like, I'm a billionaire in that my bank account has a billion dollars in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a billionaire in that I value my branding at a billion dollars. He's like, I actually have a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things. And I think Jerry Jones is in the the Donald Trump camp. I think he's valued at a billion dollars. I don't think he has a billion dollars. And so he's talking out of his, <laughs> as you would say. Yeah. Uh, there's, do you, am I wrong? Is there, there going to be an NFL season this year? I think they're going to try. Uh, and I'm probably going to watch. And I think it's really kind of interesting, these cardboard cutouts uh, that people are purchasing, especially of their dead relatives. Oh. And they're putting well, them you in see the... Bernie? They're putting the them in the weekend at Bernie's guy? Yes. Behind home plate at a game? <laughs> it was Bernie. That was fantastic. I think that's kind of cool. Like, if we, no, took, my no, if we took my 94-year-old grandmother, God yes. bless her soul, sweet Caroline, Wrigley Field? and we put her out in a field, she would love that. Absolutely. She'd absolutely love that. Yeah, but that's, that's not the, the... The cardboard cutout doesn't buy a hot dog and a beer. That's right. Yeah, it's th- I think they're $35 for a cardboard cutout. Right. So, th- so the, these owners will find some kind of way uh, to turn this I've into I've not revenue. watched one sporting event, even the NBA playoffs. It is not the same yeah. without the, the fans. It's it just, is. it's not. Not the same. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, we come back from the Ron and Don show, uh, episode 143. We are going to address all the COVID couples out there. And I thought I wanted to be in a COVID couple. I thought, wow. It'd be really great to be with someone because the grass is always greener, you guys. Let's talk about COVID couples and some people that are ready to pick up the phone and start calling attorneys. Before you do that, uh, listen to what you have to say next. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. And you know, every time we broadcast, we're live from the Les Schwab studios. And you know what's so cool about Les Schwab? A lot of you are getting ready to hit the road again. You've taken a summer trip. Now you're taking a second summer trip before we get to school. Before you do that, make sure you stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Get a free pre-trip safety check before you hit 
the road. Yeah, right? and tires and wheels are only two parts of the essential safety checklist. It also includes alignment, battery, brakes, and shocks. And while a lot of other tire places don't offer that, Les Schwab does. Les Schwab knows that your family's safety is riding on more than your tires. So here's a little tip I learned. You can get all of those parts checked out with a free pre trip safety check let the pros at les schwab do the visual inspection of your vehicle safety components including alignment shocks brakes and more schedule it get a pre-trip safety check at les or stop by your local les schwab or stop by your local les schwab tire center that's les schwab doing the right thing matters they're hard workers they're hustlers and they're fun to hang out with at the same time <laughs> when it comes to your real estate journey it truly is one of life's biggest transactions If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, "Uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. (laughs) The weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, We did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem. Never felt rushed always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. on the social media platforms to search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. What's going on, you guys? Episode 143 of the Ron and Don Show continues. And don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you want to do a Ron and Don sit-down, Ron, how can they do it? Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Click around on there. Listen to the stories of people that have already done a sit-down and gone through the entire process. You can hear what it's like uh, to work with Ron and Don. And then click on the little button that's in Seahawk Colors. And you can uh, just email me. We'll get back to you within a day or so. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. And, and I think Ron and I relate to this because in a way, we're a COVID couple. Well, sure we are. We've been together since we were, we were boyhood friends. And I will tell you, when we start spending too much time together, because here we are, we're doing real estate uh, together. And we do some investment stuff together. Uh, and then we do these Ron and Don sit-downs together. And then on top of that, we're recording these podcasts together. So, And then Don used to give me foot rubs on the couch, but he yeah. doesn't do it. He doesn't bring me chocolates anymore. <laughs> we don't cuddle. Yeah. Like, there's no back rubs. Yeah. 
anyway, there's a lot of people freaking out because they're like, wow, I thought I knew my spouse. I love my spouse. Uh, we've been married for 10 years, 15 years now. And now I'm finding out things about them because we're stuck together all the time. And as a result of that, people are picking up the phone. And you would think that we're going to have this baby boom for nine months, nine months from now. They say what we might have is we might have a lot of people going to divorce court. And what's interesting, in some places around the country, family court is not even open. And so people are trying to figure out a way. How do I get away from you? Because it used to be, at least I can go to work nine to five every day or the night shift or on the weekends or whatever. And now here we are and we're stuck together all the time. So some family counselors sat down and they looked and deciphered some of the information. And they said, uh, you, you should look and address five things if you're a COVID couple. Number one, ask yourself this. Is my spouse my friend and my teammate? They say a lot of times when we get in a disagreement with somebody uh, and we get in an altercation or we get in a fight, maybe it's just a verbal fight or the fights that are the worst are the ones that are passive aggressive where you're not saying anything to each other. And a lot of times what will happen is you'll begin to see your friend your partner, your spouse, as someone that's on the other side, they're against you, they're not on your team, and they're always out for themselves and not for well, you. Sometimes it's not that you see it, sometimes that's true. Yeah. So you could see it that way and it can also be true. Mm. Or you can see it that way and it doesn't necessarily uh, be true. But that, that vantage point you bring up is, is really important. And, and a concept I've been thinking about, there's two things. One is the concept of oscillation. And that's what you're talking about. Human beings were made to oscillate, meaning that you, you spend time with them and then you pull away. Mm -hmm. You work and then you play. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your nose to the grindstone and then you do something that releases pressure. So when you remove the ability to oscillate, uh, and say we're in the same space all the time, the pressure builds and builds and builds. And the other thing I thought of, I don't know if you've seen this Chris Rock bit, but he's like me, because he was he just went through a divorce recently, and he said, me being married, I think it's for 15 years or whatever. Yeah, he's married a long time. He goes, me being married for 15 years or 17 years, whatever it goes, he goes, that's exactly the same as my grandparents being married for 45 years, and here's why. I'm never away from my wife. He said, when my <laughs> grandfather left in the morning, he didn't talk to my grandma till he got home at night. Mm. It would have to be an emergency where the foreman would break in to the place that his grandpa worked on the, the line to pull him out to get, take a phone call. He said, if when I leave in the morning, I'm not out of the driveway before my phone goes off in a text. So the amount of interactions you have now as a couple are very compressed. You don't get the time to miss somebody and to appreciate them. Mm. And, and, and usually absence makes the heart grow fonder. That cliche is a cliche for a reason. Mm. When your husband goes away, uh, thinking of Chris Rock's grandfather and grandmother, there were probably times where she's like, you know what? He works really hard. He's gone all day, five days a week. My, my man works really hard. While he's there, he's going, you know what? When I get home tonight and there's dinner on the table... She really cares about me and made me dinner. You don't get to do that when your phone pings every three seconds. Yeah, because you have time to reflect. Number two, am I honest with my spouse? Or are we honest with each other? I think that's true. I think a lot of times you can be in a relationship and a friendship where maybe you start hiding things or maybe you start hiding some kind of bad behavior something that you're embarrassed by uh, and you're able to hide that in other areas of your life. I know like for instance, I have family members that are secret smokers and they don't think 
any of us recognize the fact that they're smoking. But when they come in and you can see their their teeth are yellow and you can see that their hands are discolored and you can see that their lips are pursed and you can also begin to see, uh, well, you can begin to smell just all the so let me ask you all the do perfume. you believe in brutal honesty because like there's honesty no, no and then there's hey do these pants make me look fat if you go yeah no those pants make me look fat no so i i, be- I believe in getting along <laughs> <laughs> so honesty in terms so honesty in terms of no secrecy but the little white lies of a relationship are okay we all white lie they say somewhere between 24 to 28 times a day all right so yeah uh, number three, do we spend quality time together? Uh, just spending time together doesn't mean it's necessarily quality time. Absolutely. And this is a, this is a tough one for everyone, especially right now. Because uh, if you're like me, I placed value in the thing that makes me feel alive is the adventure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it can be a mini adventure. It could be, oh my gosh, the... Uh, you know, there's a there's a food stall or a food truck festival happening down there. And you go and you do the little adventure. Maybe it's a bus, but you did the adventure. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, here's a new restaurant I read about. I've been wanting to check it out. You go to that and you do it. Ooh, this concert. I've really wanted to see that artist. Uh, you go to the adventure and you come back. Now when there's no adventures uh, and you can't travel, the, having quality time is way different. You have to reframe that up. And figure out a new way to do that. Yeah. And also, a couple more here. Do I turn toward my marriage for the solution to problems that I have? Or do I turn away from my marriage? Yeah, it's funny. And that's the thing I think you see with uh, uh, social media a lot. Is It's really easy. We probably all know that couple. You might be that couple. uh, Where it's real easy to scroll through Facebook and go, I, I dated that woman or man. Like 15 years ago, hey, what's up? You start instant messaging them, and then you're texting, and it's like, how you doing? And, oh, my marriage is a little rocky right now. And then they know you, and you feel like you know them. And not that you're necessarily having an affair, but you're looking for solutions outside of the marriage. Hmm. And so uh, it was funny for me. I <clears throat> was dating this woman a while back, and we went through this whole convoluted thing for like, two hours and at the end of it i finally was like you know what this was you had to cancel the plans we had made i felt bad about that because i wanted to see you so why don't you say that it's like because i didn't know what that's what it was Mm -hmm. until we went through the whole thing Mm -hmm. i had to go through all the hoops to then realize that I was just, my feelings got hurt. Is that why there's so many hoops in your house? Yes. I walked in, like, there's hoops everywhere. Well, that's also part of Les Schwab. Okay. So you put the tire in the hoop to get yeah. the size of the tire. And then finally, are you afraid to ask for help? Uh, I think it's really hard to ask for help. And they say when it comes to mental health right now, and I really appreciate Michelle Obama coming out and being the brave one the other day. And she said, hey, what's going on with Black Lives Matter? What's going on with the current presidency? Uh, what's happening in my own house, in my own neighborhood, in my own city? my own family, my own friends, my own block, it has given me low-grade depression, just this low-grade depression that sits on me. And so on her podcast, she started talking about what low-grade depression is. And she did the exact right thing. You take that thing that's in the dark, you drag it into the light. She shared that, and of course she shared that. I don't know if you know her husband. She's married to a guy named Barack. Never heard of him. And uh, so evidently, they've been able to have some great discussions about that. That's hard for me because when I'm in a partnership and I see someone, like like you were just sharing, Ron was sharing something with me earlier, 
And in my head, I immediately had an answer for you. And I said, and, and, and I'm working on this. I was like, Don, just shut up and listen to Ron right now. Just listen to him. Just listen to him. So I said, and I don't know if you noticed I was doing that. Good job I out of you for listening. all kinds of stuff I want to say to you because I want to fix it. And I want people to be happy. Um, and I want people to feel loved and feel great and feel cared about. What do you like, think your success rate is on the, on the advice? I, if, you, if you did an honest assessment of like things you tried to fix, how many of them were fixed and how many of them were not fixed? Well, if I'm looking at it through my own lens, most... If I get to the point where I'm ready to talk about something, then I just need it to come out and I need someone to listen. No, no, no. Like in my thing where I'm talking, you feel like you have the answer and then you, your old you would just give the answer. Oh, no, it never. Because you have the answer because you know. Because you know. Right. And a lot of times you just want to. That's a hard one to learn. To, you you to do say, it really well. You've it's, gotten it's really. Hard, it's very I see, I see hard. You, I see you do that and I have great respect for you. It's you hard do it. to do. Yeah. And so especially when you have to ask, do you want me to listen or do you want advice right now? Yeah. And then most of the time, if you say permission to give advice, yeah. people will go, okay. And then you can give it, but like, it's hard. <laughs> but then Ron says, that'll be, uh, you have to Venmo me uh, yes. $200. Then me, well, I'm up uh, to 250 now. Anyway, times all are, this times to are say, if, if you're going through this, understand that a lot of people, including Michelle Obama, are going through this. Couples are going through this. You're not weird. It's okay. And it's okay to ask for help. And, and uh, let me say this, and I'm in, in dead serious right now. Dying on the hill of being right is not worth it. Yeah. That, I, I live a lot of years of my life on that. Defending the hill, willing to go down because I'm right. Mm -hmm. uh, it leaves you alone on the top of the right hill. Yeah. And that's it. That's good so, point. you know, that, that's not a hill you want to own. All right. We come back. Carmen Best has resigned from the Seattle Police Department. Was she right? Uh, we'll talk about it next. Episode 143. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. If you have a friend that is ready to start their real estate journey, send them to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, episode 143 of the Ron and Don Show. And yes, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. In fact, this week, I think we have like five Ron and Don sit downs. If you want to sit down with us, we can do it virtually or we can get it all masked up and socially distance and come out and see your property too. In fact, we're going to do that tomorrow. So all you have to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Let me Ron give you a preview. Can you hear me? Is your mic? Can you <laughs> go, go to the Zoom link? Turn yeah. on, wait, hit the hit the camera. Can you hear me now? Hit the camera, but the camera, there's an icon with a camera on it. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. All right, hey, hi. <laughs> All right, they're talking about defunding the police. I put something on my Facebook page today, and Ron, I just wanted you to see her. Uh, this is Officer Elisa Caleb, she's from Lebanon, and it's a picture of her. She started out as an explorer with the Seattle Police Department, and she said, I just want everyone to know that if you're... And this, this is really unusual, you guys, for a police officer to have a Facebook page and to post this on their Facebook page and Instagram. She posted this, which is really brave and really courageous because officers aren't supposed to... They're supposed to just be quiet and not post these things. It's a picture of her, and this is what she wrote. She said, if you're gonna defund the Seattle Police Department, that means losing someone like me and other officers that are like me. She says, I am the first Muslim female police officer at the Seattle Police Department. I'm a first generation immigrant from Lebanon. 
I have a master's degree in criminal justice. I'm an EMT. I'm also fluent in Arabic and two other languages. I joined the department to serve my community and to make a difference in the world. I'm here to treat everyone with equity, to treat everyone with dignity, and to treat everyone with respect. I am here to be the change. And there's a picture of her as a young officer uh, on the streets here in the city of Seattle. And this is what I wrote on my Facebook page. I said, hey, you guys, this is one of the officers Chief Best was standing up for. This is the first female Muslim police officer, Seattle Police Department. 40% of the officers slated to be fired uh, by the city council are minorities, like Elisa. If you ever wonder what these officers are asked to do, call SPD and go on a ride-along. Just request a ride-along. Just say you'd like to ride along. Every single city council member should be required to ride along at least once a month. And if you wanted to fund the police, that's one thing. But what about rethinking the police? Elisa is the change that many of us said that we wanted. And thanks to her, there are a lot of young world changers out there like her. Let's give her a seat at the table. Let's give her a seat in the patrol car. And lots of women like her. I stand with her today. I'll kneel with you tomorrow. Love to all. And that's from Don. Yeah, this, this move by the city council is so naive, and here's why. <clears throat> In their mind, they think that they can do some sort of sleight-of-hand move, and we're going to fire the bad officers. So we're going we're gonna to go pick the 100 worst officers, and those are the ones we're going to fire. That's not how it works. When oh, you have a collectively bargained union in a city that has a contract where the termination rules are spelled out. So if there's a budget cut, they've thought of that. It's in the contract. So you hire, the, you fire the newest hires. And the newest hires are people like the one you just described. So Elisa, if, yeah. I'm, if Elisa may be tracking in the 98th percentile in terms of, of effectiveness or in terms of performance, in terms of being an EMT and multilanguage and all these character traits that you just said, and then you got a guy that might have 15 complaints against him over a 20-year career and is skating along trying to clock out till retirement. He's not going anywhere. You're not firing that guy? You can't. You cannot fire that guy. Yeah. And so I think everyone gets that. The other thing I want to bring up on the No, they don't get that. They <clears throat> maybe don't, they don't get what that. you just said they don't get. Yeah, the no. council doesn't get it. No. The other thing they don't get, and, and I feel more strongly about this now the more information I've seen, they completely discounted all of the things that Carmen Best did without getting paid to do. Mm. Every board that she sat on, every advisory council, every time she mentored a, a woman of color, every time that she gave input into a, a group of people that looked like her, mm. the equity of that you can't calculate. If you are a, a person that grew up in a culture that said, don't be a snitch, cops are against me, cops want to kill me, and then in walks someone that looks like your mom That's right. or looks like your aunt or looks like your sister. She can stand in the middle. And says, hey, I'm the police chief. She, she can stand in the middle. That's right. I want to hear you. That's right. She There's that. value in that that doesn't show up on a police report and doesn't right. show up on the stat line. And so for these, this council, um, the more I think about this, how is this not racially motivated, even if it's not uh, on purpose? You have a female white police chief. Maybe 100 grand more. Made a hundred grand more that we 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 hired away from Boston. She was kind of in and out. Kathleen O'Toole, we met her. She seemed pleasant. 
talked with her a couple times. Um, I didn't have a bad experience with her. I thought she seemed like an impressive woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she was in and out. She was impressive, yes. And uh, she's the one that appointed Carmen Best to be your deputy chief. So Carmen Best is is learning the ropes, worked her way up, did the whole thing. We know the story if you read the, the Times article. And so then when the opportunity comes, you say, yeah, we want you to be the chief, but you're not worth what a white woman's worth. Mm. Let's just call it like it is. Mm. You're not worth what a white woman's worth. Mm. And then now that we get a little unrest and some of our constituents are, are rattling our cages... We're going to cut your salary. We're cutting your salary. None of the other department heads in the city who are mostly white men that are tenured, mm-hmm. you're not cutting the, the salary of them. Tell me another salary at a, at a department head chief that got cut. They said they meant to. Right. Meant to. We're going to cut it. the salary of the black woman. Mm. But when it comes to the white guy that runs permitting did he get cut no mm. when it comes to the white guy that maybe runs dispatch i mean i don't know for sure that it's a white guy i'm just using these are examples did his salary get cut no so you go through the highest paid people in in seattle government most of whom are white men are their salaries on the chopping block no so like if i'm carmen best um a she has come out and, and part of the motivation was to protect people like she's like i'm not going in and firing the, the young minority officers that I worked so hard to bring on the staff. I'm not doing it. So she walked away from that. The other thing is, how dare you, city council, not respect me because I'm a black woman? They didn't. They did not. Her. They did not respect her. Just more. You cannot find another Carmen Best. And they didn't even chase her out the, the door. The, the guild loves her the public love by and large break and file loves her the break and file loves command her. staff citizens love her the, you, you, you can't she's loved if you went to central casting for city of seattle and said i want a police chief they would give you carmen best yeah this is what i wrote this week uh, and a lot of reaction from you guys uh, we'll just close with this episode 143 it said there'll now be a nationwide search to look for the police chief that we already have and this is not okay We must stand up for women. We must stand up for women of color. And we must stand up for women of color in powerful positions if we want to see the change that many are seeking. But no, you wanted to cut her pay. Chief Best Attorney is superstar Ann Bremner, who just orchestrated an award for Charlie and Braden Cox, well, for the grandparents, to the tune of $98 million. The state of Washington, which means you and I, will be writing that check. Also, I'm going to guess... The Seattle City Council will wish that they actually gave Chief Best a raise and instead of allowing her to walk away and cut her pay by 100 grand. Because when this is all said and done, they tried to embarrass her, and I think ultimately they will be the ones embarrassed. So we better be ready to get out our checkbook as the city of Seattle and the city council has cost us dearly. Yeah, it's going to cost the taxpayers a lot here, you guys. It's a great shame hanging over this city that we all love so much. And I love you guys all today and lots of love to the rank and file and Chief Carmen Best, who'll always be chief to me. And she truly is the best. He's wrong. I'm Don. Keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 144 only on the Ron Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron Don Radio Network. Oh,